Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi everyone, I hope you're having a wonderful week. Dr. Liz here. And this week on the podcast, I'm so happy to bring back to you Dr. Lori Beecham. She's a good friend of mine. And I had her on the podcast in episode 39, which aired July 10th, 2017. So almost a year ago, she was on the podcast. And that was such a fun conversation that I said, we've got we've to have you back on. You've got to come back on. She is here to talk about her experience of cancer in hypnosis. As she says during the interview, when you talk about cancer in the U.S., it's this huge doom and gloom, and it's almost like a death sentence here. And she wants to use hypnosis to shift some of that mindset. So I'm going to give you the caution that we laugh quite a bit during this interview. We actually had a really good time during it. It is not doom and gloom in case that's what you're expecting when you also read the word cancer or hear the word cancer. So I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Let's jump in. All right, so... Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm here with Dr. Lori Beecham, and we don't even quite know what we're going to talk about today, but I had her on the podcast early in episode, do you remember? No. Sorry. Me neither. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, pretty early. It was about the um, rapid... Resolution therapy. Rapid resolution therapy, right, which is a hypnosis technique to quickly resolve trauma. So she's trained in that, and we were talking about it some. And um, now she's back to talk about <laughs> whatever. So now she's back on the podcast because she went through a round of chemo. What do we want to call that? A well, round I'm in, of cancer? I'm, in, I'm going through my second diagnosis of metastatic, metastatic melanoma. There you go. And um, I am in immune therapy and I'm at the doctor's office and hospitals a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the time. And that all happened since that first recording, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was so happy and jovial and optimistic about life. <laughs> and I'm trying yeah. to get some of that back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you've done a lot of different therapies. I have. Okay. Like? I, well, I look at it different because, um, well, because I'm in alternative health care or integrative health care. So I tend to tell other people, you know, don't let the diagnosis define you. Don't get stuck in the hamster wheel of fear and mm-hmm. terror that it's so easy to get caught in. You know, no matter what you're being treated for, because I don't treat cancer patients that often. But with any illness, I try to say, you know, let's just drop the diagnosis for a minute. Mm-hmm. And let's look at this from a, a few different angles and how would you approach mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And if you just took the fear away, if it was somebody else giving advice, what would you say? And so now I'm trying to apply that to myself. Ah, all right. And you're thinking about doing 
Hypnosis again? I know that I'm going to be doing hypnosis again. You do know. Okay. All right. And what do you mean by that? Because I know I did a hypnosis for you. Well, no, I actually did it for another friend, but I sent it to you as well, like pre-surgery hypnosis. Oh, did you? I think you don't remember, (laughs) do you? (laughs) I know. Sorry. She was in like such a drug state. Like you really were. (laughs) And you yeah. And I would I walked into the hospital room. I think you were actually even no, listening to hospital. it. You were in the hospital. No, you did hypnosis on me in the recovery part of the my <gasps> treatment. That's it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, is um, a friend of mine who's not into health at all walked in and, and he just said, did they give you another dose of Dilaudid? You're so relaxed. <laughs> and I wasn't, but yeah. you did hypnosis and you specifically said, I'm going to take you out of your pain state for the next hour. Uh-huh. So my question is, why don't you say, why can't I take out your pain state for like the next four months? Because that would have been super helpful. <laughs> it would have been much better, right? If we'd only but thought it, of that. <laughs> but it's okay. It helped me over to my next dose of um, medication. Yes. Yeah. And some you know, therapists do say that. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. sorry. I think that was my error at the time. <laughs> Because you're so like, can you just help me? Please. Like right now. And I'm like, of course. Of course I can. So what is interesting that a third party walked in and said, oh, what happened to you? You're totally different. Yeah. Right. So, he didn't know what was going on. Exactly. Yeah. So now you're looking at d- doing a different type. What type? Um, I'm looking to, I think I'm not even sure of the exact title because there's so many different forms. And I think we're so fortunate to have so many different versions of what I would call traditional hypnotherapy now. But I'm looking for the type, and maybe you can help me with the name, because I wish I remembered. I'm trying to change like my attitude towards treatment. So right now I am in fear mode, because Mm -hmm. I just went through a huge round of doctor's appointments and surgeries. And I always tell people, the more you go to the doctor, the more afraid you become. It's kind of Mm -hmm. the opposite. You don't tend to get more confident with the more visits. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. the more visits you have, you lose a little confidence. And then the more you Google, you lose a little bit more confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, As my appointments are going down in frequency and treatments are going down in frequency i'm certainly getting more confident again but i still have this kind of basic innate mindset of like terror because Mm -hmm. it is the c word it is cancer Mm -hmm. so even my medicine it's so volatile i'm always like is this killing me am i dying right now i don't know it is this Mm -hmm. pain and just trying to change my whole attitude and have a more positive outlook because the first time i was diagnosed i certainly wasn't afraid i went to europe for treatment Mm-hmm. and had great doctors, and they were so optimistic, and they told you all the details about everything, and they gave you the test results, and everything had positive results, and they were just like, you know, hooray with everything. So I felt pretty confident for the first couple of years that nothing was wrong. This time, with it returning, and actually, I can't say it even returned. It was always there. It just finally showed where it probably was the whole time. We just mm-hmm. didn't know. The difference is, is now I'm not going to Europe. I'm in the United States. And mm-hmm. my doctors are more negative. The nurses have a more negative spin. And so I've become more and more afraid and so more confident. And I really feel like if you're going to approach this more like a chronic illness mm-hmm. instead of a quote-unquote death sentence, you need to have a change in attitude. Mm. So I'm looking at different types of hypnotherapy that um, can help me change my mindset and attitude. So when I hear the words, I don't get so anxious. So I don't mm-hmm. have a negative kind of like connotation every time I hear the words. Yeah, intensity. To take some of that emotional intensity out of the reaction to it. And even sometimes when the nurses, I think I told you this, try to be positive when they speak to you, Uh they are not really positive because they're just not trained. They're not trained in that language right? either. Yeah, we have talked about that some where they'll, what was their positive where we were like, oh my God, that's 
awful. Well, I was trying to tell them if I would have changed my lifestyle a little bit more, I don't think this would have happened so soon. And she was misinterpreting that as me taking like blame or fault that this happened to me, which I don't. I believe it's 5% genetics, 95% other. Uh But being in holistic health, I know that lifestyle is the other 92 to 95% of it. And I didn't slow down and I didn't quit working and I didn't go to a vegetarian diet and I didn't do all these things. Mm -hmm. And I think I contributed to it showing up so early and the nurse just freaked out. And she was just Mm -hmm. like, and she said, you had to reduce your expectations for the rest of your life. You'll never that be was as it. strong. You'll never be. <laughs> that's what you're. Yeah. You'll never be as strong as you were. You'll never have the energy you did. You'll oh never my gosh. be able to. And I was just like, "What? Yeah, you don't that's know so me. insane, right? Too like to tell someone at the in their forties that that's how they're going to be the rest of their life is insanity, to, right? <laughs> you need like, to reduce your expectations. I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like crap forever. Yes, so, yeah. right. Yeah. So best intentions to her, but the be- poor language. So I'm looking yeah. to change that. Yeah. So I'm almost like immune to those words when they come at me. Good, good. You should be like a shield. They just let right. them bounce right off. And I hear that all the time as a hypnotherapist. You know, what I say is people just gave somebody like a, a negative hypnotic suggestion that they may take in and act on. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, don't do that to people. <laughs> you know, like, don't right. set them up, right? Like you can tell and them 20 is, good things. So they're going to yes. have one bad. That's the one thing we're going to hang on to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it happens sometimes. And um, I'll catch myself doing it. I try to be very careful about how to, how I talk to my kids without being overly self-conscious, you know, while being myself as well. But sometimes it comes out where it's like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Like, what I really meant was, <laughs> you know. Erase that. Backspace, yes. Backspace. Erase that. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> I did not want you to believe that about yourself or life or anything else. Right. Know? Yeah, but we get these messages as we go along in life. And particularly when you're in a fear state, we know the subconscious is more open. So it's even worse, I think, for the medical professionals to be like putting those type of messages in when someone's in a fear state versus I think it does differentiate when you find a doctor that is more positive, is more hopeful, is more caring, is more aware of the language even they use. It makes a huge difference. And you saw the huge difference from like Europe to U.S. Complete difference. Yeah. The closest thing I have right now is my physician, my primary oncologist, is, I wouldn't know if he's positive, but at least he's a man of a few words. And he is just like very assertive, but he never says anything negative. If I say, mm. well, I'm not really ready to die. He's like, of course not. Like, just dismiss it. Like, don't even say that. And my, like, he doesn't say, don't even yeah. say that, but it's not even a conversation in his office. It's mm. like, no. Yeah. You know? And he just moves on, moves forward. But you're not going to be able to pick and choose always who you see. Right. Yeah. And of course, Everyone who's not a medical professional or people that even are, but perhaps that's not their specialty, they're going to have an opinion. So I also have a lot of friends in medicine that are not in oncology care that have Uh a lot of opinions that were almost dangerous opinions. Mm. Um, Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Because it is the C word. Uh And again, I've read so many books prior to getting this about it just being a chronic illness. Uh So many notes from lectures view this as a chronic illness. Not as a death sentence. And then, yeah. you know, it takes a, a few friends and a couple couple weeks in a hospital to totally undo that. And I don't want to be mm-hmm. so susceptible to losing that. So there's like... It is, it is a mind shift. And I think right. hypnosis does help on that level. Because 
it's this battle you're talking about between the conscious, like your conscious mind wants to not lose that. But then sometimes the subconscious beliefs come up and go, mm, I don't know about that, you know, or like all these things that people say, or even in self-help groups, you have to be careful what ones you join, because some people are just like, death, 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 and destruction, not saying that death mm. isn't a reality, but yeah, um, there's not so many with positivity, you have to really shop. And be careful and mindful of who you surround yourself by. If you really, I feel like, want to, again, as I say, view this as a chronic illness mm -hmm. as opposed to something more dire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then hypnosis can go in and help change those yes. when they do come up. Yes. That's what you're saying. Like, help build a shield. That's what you want? Build a shield. And even when I go in for treatment, I'd be like, oh, here's treatment again. I have to go in. Uh -huh. It's going to be cold, long. I'm going to be hungry. Like, just having a bad attitude about it. And uh -huh. so I just go and be like, wow, I can't wait to get this done. They're going to give me graham crackers and a TV and <laughs> lots of blankets. And it's going to be over in, in an hour to, like, in a couple of hours. Like, just, uh -huh. you know, like... I don't have to think about anything or answer my phone, like trying to focus on a positive instead of that one negative thing, you know? Yes. I remember when you were talking about it, where I had said, I think that's when I said, like, um, there's this time that Eva, my youngest, was in the hospital. She was a little bitty. Um, she ended up being there like five days and had to have surgery. She ended up being there quite a while. And I was like, you know, at some point I just shifted into this is just where I have to be because I'm the parent. I have to be there. You have no choice. Like I didn't have a choice to be like, see you later, you know, or I'm not doing this or any of that. It's just like, okay, I had to shift in just to being with her. And it ended up being a really nice time because we colored a lot and, right. you know, I took care of her and got her what she needed and we just hung out. That's it. There's not a whole lot to do often in a hospital. I didn't have a laptop at the time or um, I didn't even have a smartphone. So it wasn't like I could even be on my phone. We just had to color together <laughs> and like do stuff, and you know? Space, right? Yes. And watch Disney movies. So um, it's hard to shift into that though for an individual sometimes feeling like, well, maybe I could just say no to all this. Maybe I could just stay home today. Maybe I could do that. And then you get that resistance going like, oh, I wish I wasn't here. I have so much to do, or I wish I could do this, or I wish I could do that versus like, nope, this is it. I'm just here. This is just a time. Right. And I think of someone's personality. Like, is that resign? Like, I don't want to be like resignation. Like, oh, I'm here. It's kind of like maybe embrace it on some level. Like, oh, I'm yeah, here. Right. I'm getting medicine that wasn't yep. available even two years ago. This is amazing. This is and helping you move towards health. Right. I don't have to answer any phone calls. And I have a yeah. great excuse for once. This is fabulous. Yes. Just changing your mindset. Yeah. And again, I think I'm... I can tell myself that a hundred times mm -hmm. and it starts to sink in. But with hypnotherapy, I'm going to skip some steps of that. And I mm -hmm. think it's going to be more immune to, like I say, what others say and their comments, no matter how good the intentions are, aren't always so positive. Okay. So like, it's twofold for you. Right. So like the nurse, like I said, the nurse that was just like, you're never going to be the same. Yeah. So I just think you need to reduce expectations. She was hoping to take like a weight off my shoulders, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Um, she didn't understand. I look at this as a great way to make an excuse to change my life and what I was doing, but not, um, I am going to change and it's not a bad thing. Well, you've changed a lot already. Have I? Thanks. Yeah. You have that whole water system at your house. I love my know? water system. Thank yes. You. you have that whole water system, your diet. I've seen you change your diet. You've changed like so much, but I don't think you really realize that. 
either. Probably not. Yeah. Because right? it's been gradual. Yeah, it has been mm-hmm. gradual. You think Absolutely. you're going to do it overnight, and then you're like, oh, but that carrot cake yeah. looks so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So... so. So, okay. yeah, so that's the next step is just trying to reframe. I call it reframing my mind, for lack of a better word. I don't know if uh-huh. that's inappropriate or not. But just trying to reframe my mind around this. Um, because if it is a chronic illness, you know, it could be something I have to deal with every, hopefully not for another 10 years, but every, what if I did deal with this every two years? Am I going to get more and more sad, more and more depressed, more and more defeated? That's mm-hmm. certainly not what I want. And it doesn't even have to be that way anymore. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the people that have opinions on things like this, we're looking at, for me, it ran on my family. So the way it was treated 30 years ago by my family members, you know, was different than how it's even being treated now. Yeah, and I, I keep that in mind, too. You know, I have a history of, of melanoma. My dad died from it. And right after that, I remember reading some literature about, like, multiple relatives of mine had died from it and said, you know, it's this family something syndrome. And basically, I was doomed. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, I carried that around for many, many years until one time I, I realized like, oh, I'm not doomed. And the treatments are so different now, even if I did get it. And it like everything is different than 30 years ago. Completely right? different. Yeah. Like it's happening so fast in the industry right now, which is amazing because there's so many pharmaceutical companies competing for how to treat it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm a big supporter of everything that goes on, but that's amazing. They're all competing to try to be the first, the best, the fastest, the most aggressive. Um, but I'm also, I also find it, you mentioned family because my own grandmother used to say, I want to go get the moles and freckles checked in you from a very early age because she said you look so much like your grandfather and you have mm-hmm. the same freckle and mole patterns as him. I really hope you don't get melanoma like he did. I mean, I remember being like in elementary school and her saying this and being afraid for me. Yeah. So in my head, it was just like, oh, I kind of had already said that maybe it would happen. Just not so young. I mean, I was at the Uh doctor's office this morning and I'm easily 20 to 30 years younger than everyone else around me. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So who knows what went in, right? Yes. Yeah. And I do the practical stuff. I get my checks every six months, but it's more like, oh, we'll always catch it. Because I'm doing my checks, you know, versus like I'm doomed. Another check, they right. found something else. Like, nope, they always catch it. Or I'm always scanned yeah. at a minimum of three every three to six months. So yeah. with my poor grandfather, you know, he probably was, he was never scanned ever. Right. Until yeah, my dad wasn't either. Headaches yeah. or seizures started to ensue. Yeah. And by then, you know, with me, it's like they look they look me over with a fine tooth comb every yes. three months. So it's right. like anything that grows in me, like anything, yes. anywhere. They're like, oh, what's that? And it's red alert, high alert. Uh-huh. And, um, again, trying to re- change my mindset, like, oh, that's a good thing. They're, they know yes. everything that's going on inside my body, like everything. That's great. Instead of being terrified that they found something, being grateful they found something. And that's something I have to, not grateful they found it, something, but grateful that something, if it was going to be found, was found. And it didn't have yes. yeah. five more years to, to grow into something uncontrollable. Right. Yeah. And I think there's room to... Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to sound too, like, Pollyannish here because that, that's not really our relationship, you know? And it's, we're, we're, not <laughs> we're totally not Pollyannas. <laughs> what describe us? <laughs> right? What's a good character? <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely not Pollyanna. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> and I huh. want to say, like, you know, there's always room and space for some of those feelings to come up, too. Like, fear does like, come up and grief comes up and, like, those feelings of, 
you know, today I can't do something because of my energy level that I really wanted to do. I need to rest instead and recover and recoup. And I think there's space for those feelings. You're talking about more the deeper mind shift of... Well, I have an oncology therapist. She's wonderful. And she says, you know, all feelings are valid. Every mm-hmm. feeling you have, good or bad, is valid. And I think what we've decided for me is we don't want any like negative feeling, especially to be like the dominant feeling. Mm-hmm. So even if I want to have a pity party for myself and be really sad, you know, I can have that. But I'd like to like mm-hmm. have it for 10 minutes or an hour and then or move two out of and it. then move out of it and mm-hmm. not just make that part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And I think... Like I said, it's the danger of um, having a disease with a stigma attached. I'd prefer to call it a condition. Or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and getting rid of that stigma. Like, even if everyone else wants to have the stigma because they like a little drama. I'm thinking about my family. Some of my family when I say that. <laughs> oh, poor Lori. She has cancer. It does not give me free airline tickets or anything, just so you know, which I would love. But, yeah, um, that would be great. <laughs> uh, the stigma that's attached to it, like... Let that not be my stigma. Because uh-huh. the truth is, is even if I had, if I had two years or if I had 20 years, what good does the stigma do for me? I'm being super proactive with all my treatments with, I see different types of doctors. And, um, if I'm having trouble getting into that, like you say, not really Pollyanna, but just like a practical functioning existence. Yes. If I can't do that on my own, whether it's because I don't feel good or I have inflammation from the medication or my doctor's new nurse, thinks everyone's going to die from cancer because her husband did, whatever it is, like, just get me out of that. And I think hypnotherapy is going to be a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've talked to my therapist a lot. So I've talked yeah. to her, we've done work, but I think there's work that I need to do on my side that I'm mm-hmm. not getting through as quickly as I would like, which is why I'm choosing hypnotherapy. Okay, so some of that is, let me go on the deeper level, not just the conscious level. Right. And then um, efficiency and speed. Well, and I'm curious yeah. how, like you say, like, have I been kind of primed since a young age that this is going to happen to you? Is it seems, mm-hmm. so I believe like the cells have memory. And there was a recent study out that, um, the experiences of our ancestors mm-hmm. are in our DNA, our present DNA. Epigenetics. Yeah, it used right? to be biogenealogy, but <laughs> yes. it's now being proven. And it's so true. So, so if, my grandfather got this at a certain age or was scared or something happened or his father and his father like I don't want my body to get into that fear pattern because it's already in there right out of the womb mm-hmm. like let's just get out of that like I don't want to say erase the memory but like I say put a different spin on it it's a chronic disease yes well that's I think that is how hypnosis works on a deeper level and I don't pretend to understand all of the biology and science behind it but it is this if you're going to look at epigenetics, then we can change what expresses in our DNA. They're very clear about that. So it's like, okay, we have all these generations expressing too, and then we get to change that. So the mentor I have for the core healing technique that I do, there's one time where I was like, you know, she's very old, she's like 80 or 82. And I said, well, you know, if fear comes up that you're going to die on me, right? Like, <laughs> And she just started laughing. And she's like, oh, every morning I visualize my the ends of my DNA strands getting longer, whatever that process is, right? And I was like, oh, that's so wonderful. It was so reassuring. But for her, it's like, oh, no, she goes to this deep sort of self-hypnosis level where she works on her own DNA, which I found absolutely fascinating. Now, obviously, we haven't figured out how hypnosis can help someone live forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
Right. But it's it was just a fascinating statement for her to even say. And then for me to look at and say, okay, you know, where are the changes being made with someone under hypnosis and how deep are they and what are they affecting? And That's what I should do know. when I brush my teeth to make it last longer. I should be doing self-hypnosis while I brush my teeth. <laughs> With positive statement. Yes. Well, right. one of my favorite books that got me through this the first time, which again wasn't as, as serious, and I also don't think I took it as seriously yet, because I, I already knew I was going to Europe for treatment and seeking out um, alternative alongside conventional treatments. I already, I always knew I would do both if this ever happened. See, I was already planning for years. But one of the books that got me through it was Radical Remission, mm-hmm. and she it's this Harvard psychologist who was going and working with cancer patients, people were being sent home, like refusing hospice, being sent home to die, and they would just live. And she started documenting that. And the doctors wouldn't engage mm-hmm. in conversations, but she, I think, took like the nine common reasons why they were living. Uh-huh. And it's just so interesting because it does not speak of hypnotherapy, but some people just, just, just decided not to acknowledge it, not to give the cells any power, just to go on living, mm-hmm. just to decide to get up every morning with the sun and go down when the sun went down. Like they just kind of dismissed it. And then you start to wonder, because there are things like there were dietary changes. Some people Mm -hmm. took supplements. um, Some people found reconnected with their spirituality on some level. Mm -hmm. But like the people that just went home and said, meh, like it's it's (laughs) like what happened? Like Like, exactly did they live? Two of just disappeared. I mean, people went to see the John of God in Brazil, which some people call a charlatan, but they really chose to believe that this was helping. And like literally there's thousands of cases where, where cells and cancer cells and tumors disappear. Mm-hmm. Not that of course sometimes they should say they should forgo any Western treatment because I don't want to get in trouble or sued. And I also want to be clear that's yeah. not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But what happened with those people that went home to die and didn't 10 or 20 years later? Like, did they change their cellular memory? Did they extend those? Dendrites mm-hmm. or what do they do? Like yeah. you might never know, but all the power to them. Yes, right. It is fascinating yeah. to look at. And I'm at. not doing that all right now. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm advising. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh my god, why does my shoulder hurt? It's a blood clot. I know it. Like it's all doom and gloom. I know it's a blood clot. As the doctor this morning, it's not a blood clot. Oh good. Just, yeah. Shoulder strength <laughs> exercising. <laughs> You're strengthening your body. Right, but I was so afraid of the blood clot. I have to change that. Oh, thank you, shoulder, for aching. You must be building up muscle again. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I need a little help. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we will do a follow-up at some point. Perfect. Right, because, you know, I want you just to have you back on the podcast. So (laughs) we're going to do more hypnosis with you. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm All right. sure. I'll let you know what terror I put to the teacher. The teacher's like, oh yeah. my gosh, lady, you're so impossible. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to schedule it for like quite a while out. So, <laughs> okay. so, so nothing happens between. Perfect. <laughs> or after. Okay. Um, so you want to say bye? Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for <laughs> like, listening. Oh, are you, are you working at all these days? Do you want to? I'm not. I'm in transition okay. with my new office. So I'm transitioning to a new office because I want life to become easier and more streamlined. So pretty yes. excited about that. But I am not. But I will say that everything I do learn through what I go through, I always pass on to my patients. So yeah, my, my departures from the office always end up being an asset to my patients later. 
Yes, it really does. Unfortunately. Well, since podcasts are like evergreen, meaning someone may listen to this a, a year from now or six months from now or whenever, why don't you tell them your website, which will oh, stay the same probably. Will. Yeah. Thank you. www.drlori.com. It's Lori with two R's. And um, check out my website because I'll have the actual address. It'll be downtown Fort Lauderdale, an amazing view, and hopefully we can all catch up then. Yes. All right. Thank you. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. <laughs>